how can I learn to eat more intuitively when my body is typically telling me to not eat at all or just like skip a meal or... Welcome to the Art and Science of Eating. I'm Jessica Begg, Registered Dietitian and Clinical Counselor. I worked for 15 years in programs for the treatment of eating disorders. I now help those that struggle with emotional eating and their relationship with their body. This podcast is where I answer questions to help people along this bumpy journey to creating peace with both food and their body. Hi, and welcome to The Shift Show. For this kickoff episode, we have a question from Caitlin. I'm so glad she asked this really big question. It was actually hard for me to stop with just what we discussed as this question spiders out to so many other related topics. But I know we'll get to all the wonderful discussions through the course of the show. So let's just get started here. Thank you so much for coming on. No problem. I'm excited. (laughs) Okay, good. Okay. Well, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself and just so I can get a little bit of context and tell, ask me what your, what, um, what your question is. Yeah. So I guess for, I don't really have a great relationship with food and I haven't for quite some time. Um, I did suffer from a few eating disorders in the past for several years and kind of still deal with that disordered eating mentality and some behaviors now, even when I'm kind of in that recovery process. Um, but I've found kind of my, my body has changed as a result of that almost as if like, kind of like physical or um, just like hunger cues kind of mm-hmm. I found have changed. Mm-hmm. And I find myself kind of not knowing when to eat how much I want to eat. Um, so I, I guess my question then is how can I learn to eat more intuitively when my body is typically telling me to not eat at all or just like skip a meal or right? Thing, yeah. Yeah, that's a really complicated question, um, mm-hmm. particularly because of your history. And I think that your history is um, it creates um, a dissonance between you and your body and whether or not somebody identifies with an eating disorder or disordered eating or a chronic dieter, often the pathway is very similar, right? Like you've worked in the past, um, hard to dissociate from your body for multiple reasons and and very reasonable reasons, as in it didn't necessarily feel safe to be in your body for different times. And in terms of food and functionality of food is that people through the process of restricting often, which is a very prominent part of disordered eating, you have to stop listening to your hunger cues at at very early stages, right? Um, And our body has, our stomach in particular, has these things called proprioceptors. And just like you sat down to talk to me, you know, you sat down in the chair and you, you felt the sensation of the chair holding you. Over time, as you start talking to me, you know, you you, you forget that you're sitting Mm -hmm. in a chair. Same thing with our hunger cues is that, you know, initially your, your brain would have heard like, Oh, Hey, like I'm hungry. I'm hungry. Um, but if we can, and, and they're very subtle, actually very initially that we'll, we will, um, just kind of sometimes just get busy or sometimes it's actually really intentional. Like I'm not going to eat right now because of X, Y, Z reason. So it becomes, it, we tune out and we actually get really good at not hearing them anymore. 
So the process of trying to build that back in feels very weird because you're like, well, I don't really understand what my hunger or fullness cues are. And because they're very mm -hmm. subtle, it you can, you know, not hear them anymore. Usually what I do is, is that, um, usually what I explain first, actually with intuitive eating is that it's not all one or the other. Sometimes people will think that either I'm being very structured with my eating or intuitive eating means that I've kind of done the opposite. Like now I'm separating my head from my body entirely, that now I'm just going to a hundred percent listen to my body at, you know, at all expenses. And there is this kind of intersection of using both your brain and your body to, to create more intuitive senses of what to eat. At this stage, because you're trying to cultivate it, we do things that might not necessarily be your endpoint goal. And so it's one of the steps towards having more intuitive eating. You'll be using strategies that are more what we would call mechanical eating. So eating on a time schedule. So um, mechanical eating. Yeah. So we would normally do one of part of the steps with building an intuition is do more mechanical eating. So that's eating on a time schedule and eating enough. And then usually after that, we try to start bringing in maybe different components. Like does that, do those meals have um, balance? So do they have like a fruit and vegetable, a starch and a grain or starch and grain and, and a protein. Um, but at this stage, really early on, timing and adequacy is actually much more important than the content of a meal. So basically what you're trying to do is re reconnect with your body by creating trust that your body knows that you're going to feed it consistently, even if you're not feeling those cues of hunger and you're going to eat enough, even though fullness seems kind of like a vague idea sometimes too, mm -hmm. is that you use, this is where we're actually using a lot more of your brain um, to, to know how much I need to eat and being really predictable. So your body can, can start learning like, okay, food is kind of coming. I kind of explain it like it's like putting training wheels on your stomach so that it kind of knows what it should be doing. And then you can start adding in this kind of flair of intuitive eating over time. And to me, that's like, mm -hmm. it's like, using slang in a new language, right? Where, yeah. you know, when we first learn, we, we kind of know exactly, okay, this is how the structure of the sentence, and then we can start using in fun words. So same thing mm -hmm. with food is that we can kind of add in fun of, you know, like, oh, I'm going to have brunch. And that's like a different meal kind of in between. And so I'm going to kind of eat more at different times, which might change the rest of my day, but predictability and um, consistency is the key to do this particularly if you've had a past of disordered eating where your eating might've been more erratic, you almost have to be even more, very more vigilant to make sure that you I'm eating at very um, consistent timing. And it doesn't have to be like eight Oh one, I have breakfast, but it's like, you know, I'm making sure that I'm having breakfast in this kind of two hour zone consistently. Mm -hmm. I have lunch in this two hour zone consistently. I have an afternoon snack. I have dinner, but et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So that there's, that you can kind of keep having predictability. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. That's yeah. I never really thought of it in that way. So no, that's really, really interesting to think about, especially the other training wheels metaphor. Yeah. You mentioned. Yeah. yeah kind of, yeah. Retraining. Yeah. I found, Sorry, no, you're going you out of there. Cause yeah, I found like a lot of the times I eat at meals, even though I'm not like feeling those hunger cues. Mm -hmm. Not goes to say I don't like I don't leave the the 
table feeling like really, really full. It's just kind of like, oh, it's around this time. I should probably eat something, even if I don't like feel those cues. Or it's just my brain saying, hey, maybe you should skip this meal later and mm-hmm. eat a different meal. Like for because you're eating this for supper, you should just not eat at all. And it's that kind right. of thing as well. So no, yeah, it's yeah. It's yeah. So you start kind of negotiating a little bit of whether mm-hmm. or not you should eat. And that's where the mind can sometimes, you yeah. know, be tricky and where the if you have kind of a set pattern, it does help eliminate that confusion too. Cause if you don't have where it's like a negotiable of like, whether or not you eat lunch, cause you're having maybe mm-hmm. going out for dinner. Right. But if you're like, no, I have lunch at this time and this is what I typically eat. And again, it doesn't have to be uber rigid in terms of food items, mm-hmm. but making sure that it's a volume that's enough. Um, cause that might be the other kind of tricky spot is sometimes your timing might be on where you, where you heard, I heard you, where you said, um, um, you know, I, I, I need to eat something I'd actually eat enough. Cause I find that sometimes people might not eat enough. And then they're again, mm-hmm. their hunger fullness cues. Cause they're like, well, I had, you know, you know, a, a smoothie or I had just like a yogurt in that lunchtime zone. And I thought that was enough because it felt okay. But mm-hmm. the same thing on the full side, we're like, ah, again, I, I kind of want to start cultivating what is fullness by at that point, using more of my brain of, um, you know, what I, what I know is a predictable kind of lunch mm-hmm. amount. This is where a dietitian actually would be helpful for you, particularly if you've had your, your history to get a little mm-hmm. bit of help of kind of meal planning. I, yeah. Again, again, with all like the unpredictability of what's going on in life now and a lot of changes that I went through, mm-hmm. I feel like just with COVID and stuff, like moving back and not having like to go to classes, just having to go downstairs or go right. upstairs. But so, so I have noticed that it's definitely helped. Um, and I am getting, I feel like I'm getting better, but again, some things just happen and then your brain just starts kicking in. You start listening to it more, even if it's kind of maladaptive thinking that it's. Right. Yeah. That, that, that it's okay. Yeah. And that's the tricky spot, spot there. Right. Because I'm saying mm-hmm. like, use, use your brain to decide what to eat at that moment, but your yeah. brain might be telling that you, yeah, maybe you shouldn't, you don't need to. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's a weird cycle, not a good one, but yeah. But you, it sounds like you've yeah. come a long ways. I have. Yeah. Cause I even notice like things like just having a snack, like a snack that I used to avoid or cut in half Mm -hmm. that I find myself being able to eat the whole thing or actually going out and having an ice cream with my sister which is something that would have terrified me in the past and I would have actively avoided so yeah things like that I've found myself but again is kind of eating at not specific times well specific times as well but also eating consistently and eating enough yeah because again like now that I'm with my parents, I'm not just cooking, like I'm not just cooking for myself. Mm. Like we have to cook. So if something they want, I kind of have to think like, okay, like I'm eating this and I'm okay that I'm eating this and can eat another meal. Yeah. But again, at times I find myself, oh, I'm eating this. That means like, it's a bigger meal. That means I can't eat as much at lunch or at breakfast. I that see. kind of thing is still what I'm kind of what I'm working with most. Yeah, kind of just by myself and kind of stopping and thinking like, no, remember, like kind of what you've been told and what, you know, you know, you can, you can have this meal now and yeah. then eat it later. Yeah. But also, yeah, just 
understanding kind of my my hunger cues I guess that's also yeah yeah Yeah. because at that point too of hearing you say about you know I'm kind of making changes depending on other meals in the day is Mm -hmm. that part of being intuitive is about being mindful of being in your body at that moment and trying to be and this is a real difficult one right is trying to Mm -hmm. just silo yourself into the one meal to say okay I'm going to check in with myself and this would be the layering in this like Mm -hmm. flare of the intuitiveness is checking in only at that moment of how do I feel in terms of hunger and fullness mm-hmm. in a, in and around a meal and trying not to be like, I'm going to try to adjust what I do because of a, a, yeah. a later meal or because of a past meal of really mm-hmm. trying to be in the present. And I think that that's again, too, where if you keep telling your body, like, I'm going to give you enough when you, when you ask for it, then it, then it doesn't have to do any kind of panic maneuvers at any time mm-hmm. right of like oh my gosh I need yeah. to cut here or oh my gosh I need all of this food at, at one time that if you keep telling yourself no like I'm going to check in with you and mm-hmm. I'm going to see how hungry you are and I will find food yeah 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 so yeah again I've noticed that I've gotten a lot better with that like I have actually found myself thinking like hey because I'm eating you know like a burger or something heavy and like starch later that I work that I plan to eat later then I sit and think like okay I want this now like I want a sandwich now Mm -hmm. if I want a sandwich I can eat that sandwich it's not because I'm having a burger later doesn't mean I can't eat what I want now kind of thing exactly yeah so no yeah yeah, that's kind of so that's kind of where my like my kind of my question came from is kind of like how can I kind of not train my boy I guess it's sort of training your body but kind of understand that my brain is telling me one thing, but that doesn't mean it's right. 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 How, like, cause the, the messages might be kind of confusing from your brain. Mm -hmm. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. So that it meaning like your, your brain is trying to sort out how your body feels and it doesn't quite know yet. Is that what you mean? Yeah. That that too. But yeah, again, also that existing like maladaptive thinking that is from my past disordered eating practices that it's like you know you shouldn't eat this now whereas like thinking that and then having another part of my brain being like wait (laughs) that's not true you can't eat that now yeah 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 it's just come yeah again trying to find a balance of giving giving permission yeah 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 moving away from eating disordered kind of thoughts and behaviors, but trying mm-hmm. to find ultimately what is, what is the type of eating that I want to do? Yeah. It's hard, but it's kind of fun yeah. work too. It is. It's, yeah. I've actually been able to enjoy food recently. I'm, I'm working on it, but it's oh, a long nice. process. And I, I know yeah. it won't happen overnight, but again, it's, it'll happen eventually. <laughs> yeah. You'll get there. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. a process. Yeah. It's amazing. I wish you all the all the luck, Caitlin. I think this is yeah, going to be really you great for, for you. Thank you for answering my question and having me here to chat. I've enjoyed it. If you'd like to come on the show to have me answer your question live, or you have a question you'd like me to answer on my own on the show, email me at support at shiftnutrition.ca. Looking forward to chatting with you all. See you next week. This podcast is for education and information purposes only please consult your own healthcare team to discuss what is right for you and your care.